was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. Welcome to Shaken Not Noob, the podcast that puts the lime in the coconut and drink them both up. Today on episode 38, I'm joined by a man whom we called to relieve this bellyache. It's Dr. Doody Dutrum. How are we doing, good buddy? I said, doctor, doctor, to relieve this bellyache, I said, doctor. Uh, yes, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> You claimed on a on a group chat today that you do not do any singing. I, sir, challenge you to do more of that on podcasting because that was fantastic. <laughs> I think we I think we did it when uh, we were playing some Dead by Daylight a couple of months back, and um, uh, we had some people not appreciating our uh, a Reservoir Dog singing because I think we were singing the Little Green Bag. So I'm like, all right, let's change it up, Doctor Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, so, uh, oh man, yeah. we need to get you the lyrics for that song um, and also get you to sing it because it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy, yes. buddy, buddy, what have we been playing this week? This week has all been Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, and uh, if Flex. you've seen, if you've heard about this, if you've if you've seen about this, if you've read about this, our uh, video and uh, review of it is available. Um, it is th- being the first game on my Nintendo Switch that I accidentally subconsciously binged and it was one of those moments I'm like, holy crap, I just had like a massive binge moment on a Switch that's never happened before. Buddy, I'm just going to tell you right now, there was no accident about it. We all knew that was going to happen. So (laughs) I don't know if you're fooling yourself, uh, but you weren't fooling the rest of us because we all knew it was going to happen. Well, it was one of those games where, like, uh, like we received our code. Thank you very much for the for the copy of the code. And um, I was like, all right, I'll put like a couple of hours into this. I'll, I'll k- get some screen capture stuff of like the start of the game. Sure, I'll have sure. dinner, and then I watched some Office. I painted some of my Warhammer, and then went, oh, I'll play like another hour or two. And then took a look at the time. I'm like, shit, it's like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I will just say that painting his Warhammer is not a euphemism. Um, so that is an actual uh, Warhammer collectibles that he is painting to play the game. So uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes. If you've if you've seen about this, if you've read about this, uh, you would have known that uh, Mr. Duty Dutrum is right into his Warhammer at the moment. He's going to be playing some of that. I'm sure you'll be talking about it on the podcast to come. Yeah, me and my wife are, are playing some of the sort of the coffee table variant of it. And um, friend of a uh, friend of the show, Sully, uh, it plays the normal version of the game that your brother is, I think, the Australian champion for. Um, yeah, right. So, just you know, whatever. Just the local Australian champion, whatever's. Yeah. So I went and picked up the rule book. So I'm still on the fence about what team to play as for the big armied version, but for the small version, I'm playing Tau for those who care. Excellent. I have no idea what you just said, but I'm sure those were words that some people will appreciate. <laughs> Not appreciate. They'll be going like, oh, why'd you pick Tau? <laughs> I know, right? You have to speak up. I'm wearing a Tau. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, terrible joke. <laughs> what about uh, look, you? What have you been playing, Mr. Fuzzy? Uh, I have been playing a lot of my game that I'm reviewing this week, which I can finally reveal. Uh, was Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, so I've been crunching through that this week, and uh, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, let's get to that in the reviews. Uh, so right now, let's talk about some news, buddy, because there's been a lot of news this week. We'll do it quickly so we can get on to those big reviews. Um, first cab off the rank, 
FIFA packs and loot boxes. Um, they have been claimed to be gambling in some countries. There's been big, uh, big things, lawsuits and all the rest of it out there. Finally yes. declared in the UK as not gambling. Um, so Ooh. all those kids spending hundreds of their, you know, parents' pounds will, uh, still continue to do so without fear of gambling. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, so basically the gambling watchdog in the UK said, nope, not gambling. So there seems to be a bit of a divide now because I think some of Europe was saying, yeah, loot boxes are gambling, so they're banned, so kids can't play them. Um, but yeah, unfortunately not in the UK where FIFA is like the biggest fucking game. So very well, interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought up gambling because I don't know if you've read about this or if you've seen about this, um, but Grand Theft Auto V has a new DLC add-on, which is essentially it adds a casino in the middle of the desert. So sort of like a Las vegas sort of thing where players online can use real world money to play blackjack and to play poker and it is also this DLC is banned in over fifty countries. Wow! Because I have I've I've got a piece of news about that, but that is amazing as well. That is incredible. So it's getting banned yep. now because of the actual real life gambling. Yes. Yeah, so from my understanding, from from what I've researched about it, because I have uninstalled Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh yeah. Is if if your if your country does not allow this, um, essentially allow online gambling in regards to this. You can see the casino, but the bouncers won't let you in. Oh, what a tease. <laughs> so I'm fairly sure all these things I've read online, it's just like, yeah, we can see the damn casino. We can't walk inside. I can see it just there. Because it's been, it's been one of those things that's been in the game for a very long time, uh, from essentially from launch. And they basically had like a opening soon kind of sign up at the front. Um, and essentially that means that, yeah, six years, I think it was 2013 it came out. Um, yeah, that, something like that. Yeah, that they've been waiting for this thing to be open. So that's just that's just another additional tease on a six-year game that's still making billions of dollars for Rockstar. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. Wow. What a what a stinker. Well, you said you uh, heard it here first, I guess. <laughs> you heard it here first, and we read it on the internet from about two days ago. So that's uh, that's how that works. Um, <laughs> Speaking of the uh, Grand Theft Auto update, so it is the casino uh, update. They have, like I said, six years in the works. It's been a long time coming. Uh, that someone's gone through and worked out uh, the equivalent. They do this now whenever Rockstar releases a thing. They go, if they release a patch, how much is it going to cost us in real Earth dollars? Um, yeah. so someone did the calculations. It's I think it's close to $64 million uh, in-game currency. Um, so, you know, that's thousands of hours of grinding if anyone's grinded out some gta before uh so 64 million dollars or you can buy it in real earth cash for would you care to take a guess duty we'll say 600 bucks very close 800 dollars so uh jesus 800 real life earth cash dollars uh, will buy you everything in the casino update so um yeah it's a lot of money <laughs> Well, that's that's like, and that's the thing though. They're like, there'll be people who either like, there'll be YouTube influencers who get like shark cards who can they contain you know fucking hundreds of dollars for free. So you know, sure, it'll, it'll sure. advertise people to to either buy the damn you know shark cards or gamble real world money in the casino because they might make it big or rob more banks or whatever. So yeah, yeah, there you go. It's just, it's crazy. So, um, I think there was a, uh, a report done last year, 
um, a report done by a company called Market Watch, who just you know watch how much online companies make, um, and they said they said uh, that GTA Five has sold over ninety million copies of the game um, since its release, uh, and has generated over six billion dollars. That's billion with a B uh, in revenue from its initial release. So, Jesus. I mean, this this is a this has been and will continue to be apparently a license to print money for Rockstar, and has pretty much, in, in my opinion, has changed everything they've done since that release. So, yeah, the the last great thing they did was they released the uh, first person uh, version of GTA Five. So you had the third person view all the time, and then they updated it so you got a first person view. That was the last great free thing that you got. And then everything else since then has been an absolute money grab. So, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think that the first person mod was when it came to PlayStation Four and, that's and right, Xbox yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either way, you still had to buy a whole new copy of the game. Yeah, well, look, yeah, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. But it's you know, I, I would suggest that they have. It's pretty much changed them. Like they used to be this company that used to produce amazing games all the time, and look. Don't get me wrong, Red Dead Redemption, fantastic single-player game, but it just comes with a massive asterisk. And I think we we talked about this when we we played it as well. Like there was, we were always holding judgment to wait and see what the online stuff did, and the online stuff is just blah. So blah, blah. So look, happy for it. Look, if people are enjoying playing it, grinding, doing whatever. Go do it. I've I've had a lot of fun apart from a lot of the loading times and restrictions around you know buying things in the game. Otherwise, it's still GTA and it's still a lot of fun. So yeah, just don't trust Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> the list is forever changing on who to trust and whom not to trust. Yes, who you well, can trust is I, us. Oh, absolutely. I look. I think it's it's more so that the list of people that you can't trust just keeps growing. So that's the big one. Mm. <laughs> um, have you got any more news for us today, buddy? I do, I do. It's a, it's a bit of a, a, a sort of a. I don't really know what to call it, but I'll just fucking read it out. Uh, piece a of Disney news? investor, <laughs> so someone, someone who, inv- yes, a piece of news. A Disney investor, so someone who who owns shares in Disney, thinks it would be very wise for Disney to purchase Activision Blizzard. Okay. Okay. Now, that would also be incredibly cool because then we'd get Disney. Of course, being the largest company in the world, but like owning a gaming company so they can create the games they want. They don't have to say to to essentially another publisher going, do this, and then the publisher provides it. And they're like, no, 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 but we wanted this. Do it better. Or, or they can actually just sort of create their own games, which I think would be cool. But Activision Blizzard is uh, valued at about $37 billion. Really? Yep. That seems like a lot of money. <laughs> World of Warcraft is very, very, very popular. You've got StarCraft as well, Overwatch. You've got all yeah. those properties that they own, especially... It's Call, Call of Duty. Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty's in there. Yeah, for sure. So, yep, yep. Yeah. so anything Activision touches, yeah. Oh, and of course, um, <laughs> you're forgetting the biggest game of all, Candy Crush. Uh- <laughs> oh, is that Activision? Oh, there you go. Yeah, well, that's so uh, that's owned by Activision. So that's... Yeah, well, that, again, right there. Exa- that, that's where I would say a majority of your money is that and licensing costs for like World of Warcraft characters. So, um, yeah, shit. I mean, if Disney owned that, I mean, forget about it. Forget about it. Um, mm. Yeah, no, interesting. Well, look, I mean, if that, that, if anyone's got to spare 30 odd billion dollars, it's going to be Disney, right? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah. They'll you know they'll just take the two point what is it two point eight billion they got from uh, fucking Avengers Endgame and they go you know what yeah we'll we'll offer you shares and slowly buy out Activision. Although they might even buy like if they bought a gaming company like this. So many other and cheaper, more effective options to pick over Activision Blizzard. Like, yeah. you could easily just choke those guys out pretty damn easy. Yeah, true. And I, I would like to, to, you made a point about Avengers there. Just pointing out about Avengers one more time. They've just, uh, they just cracked $2 billion. Is that right? Or they're still underneath it? Two. Two point eight billion. There, there it go. is. The largest box office in the world. Well, there we go. Congratulations to that. But I just, as we announced earlier, six billion dollars uh, in Grand Theft Auto. So, uh, eat a dick. <laughs> you never I- know that new Avengers game might make over six billion. <laughs> and then again, it will not. Um, <laughs> there's my early prediction for that game. That's going to be interesting. Um, speaking mm. of new games coming out, um, this one's coming out very shortly. Uh, there's a new game called Control. Have you seen this? Have you read about this? Uh, it's a, is it an Xbox exclusive? Uh, I believe so, yeah. So it looks a little bit like um, there was that time-bending game um, on Xbox. I can't remember what that was Quantum called. Break. That's the one. Um, de- developed by the same guys, I believe, Remedy. So um, they are going to be... Um, releasing this new one called Control, very, very sort of, uh, sci-fi, psychic powers kind of thing. Yeah, telekinesis and guns and all sorts. It looks pretty cool. Um, I'd recommend checking out some of the, uh, early gameplay trailers for it. Uh, that game has just received its gold rating. Um, so that's going, that basically means, yeah, when they're in development phases, their gold rating means that it's been approved by all of the major publishers. Um, so it's going to be going out on the Xbox, the PC and the uh, PlayStation. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's very exciting. Going gold means they are in their final stages. And I believe it is releasing where are you? 27th of August is the release date. So, uh, we're about a month away from that. Highly recommend checking out the uh, the gameplay trailers. It it looks awesome. Um, so it looks pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Mm. It's called Control. Uh, and as I said, just gone gold. Um, any mm. final bits of news from you, buddy? Uh, the only other piece of news that I saw is that uh, Sea of Thieves, for anyone who still plays Sea of Thieves, is getting a, apparently another update. We're getting some more cosmetic items. Apparently, you can now have pets. I don't know necessarily what they do, but the big thing that Sea of Thieves is adding is microtransactions. Of course they are, because, you know, they need to claim some money for that thing. So mm. I'm sure that so. anyone who's still playing it will buy new things in there, but meh. Yeah, I, I did want to check it out, but I just couldn't find four other, three other people to run the new challenges with. <laughs> I, I suggested it. I suggested it on a chat, and everyone just laughed. I'm like, all right then. <laughs> Was that when everyone left that chat? I'm pretty sure everyone left that chat after you suggested it. <laughs> it was me who left the first chat. Like, no, let's, just, let's just play Rainbow Six Siege. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, if I get leave chat. Um, <laughs> look, I mean, great. I want to get like a, a pirate parrot. Pirate Parrot, yes, a Pirate Parrot to sit on my shoulder. That'll be fun. That's what I want for that game, and that's it. Like, look, don't Why give wasn't me- it in the game at the start? Give us a damn pirate, at the parrot at the start, or a monkey, or a bloody dog, or something. Yeah, and like you know, you said you've got a parrot sitting on your shoulder, and it's like, it's Megalodon. Great, that game yeah. is infinitely better. So. None. Mm. Uh, yeah. Well, there we go. So, uh, Sea of Thieves update coming out very shortly. Very exciting for Sea of Thieves fans. But fuzzy. But, yes. Damn it. We have a sponsor. Yes, we do. 
Some say um, he has a nickname for his penis, and that is Moby Dick. Others say his face is red every time he plays with Moby Dick. All we know is his name is Michael, and he's from Culture Shock Collectibles. Uh, they are your number one stop for all of your nerdy needs. Uh, they have all of the things that are the figures and the collectible items. Uh, Mr. Dirty Dutrum, you've been collecting items recently, and uh, I believe you got yes. a recent order coming through. Yes, uh, so for my birthday the other week, my wife got me um, a Obi-Wan Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan. Uh, toy. Obi-Wan. And um, it arrived actually yesterday, so Wednesday of this week. And holy crap, the the attention mm-hmm. to detail and the accessories and stuff it comes with. I was essentially, my wife was playing Devil May Cry 5 for about three hours. And I was sitting there at my pool table just like, okay, I can pose his hand this way. Or I can have his like his lightsaber flinging forward. And I've got a, I sent all the guys in the nerd chat a photo of my, my setup with Obi-Wan and Anakin. And it looks fucking outstanding. Really, really cool. Um, I uh, well, also... I will say, I will say, buddy, that I believe you have it all set up wrong uh, because in your uh, collection setup that you had, um, Anakin had the high ground, so it's pretty much just trash now. Um, that set is worth nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I tried changing it around, but like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll post photos on the on the socials for anyone who wants to see. Um, I've got a uh, possibly I have a director Krennic arriving at the end of the year. The new. Uh, War Machine from Avengers Endgame uh, is coming out possibly, I think, at the end of this year. So that might be a, a sort of impulse buy for me. And he's also got a heap of new pre-order stuff. So you can actually pre-order some of the new Endgame figures. So that's not oh, just wow. Captain America and stuff. But they've actually released for pre-order the, the... No, not the War Machine. The Iron Patriot from Endgame. That's his big suit he has at the big fight at the end where, where Rocket climbs on the top and expands his gun. Yep. So you can actually buy that. It's all die-cast. So it's like an old school diecast toy but it goes for about seven hundred and seventy dollars wow that's i mean you could almost buy the it's it's tempting (laughs) you could almost buy the actual iron patriot for that kind of money um (laughs) it's got um yeah he's got a bunch of different ones coming out from all from endgame um yeah the uh the tony stark with the the helmet off which looks pretty cool uh rockets there with a couple of guns um, he's also got this one uh, up there. I saw yesterday. It was um, it was Venom Pool, um, which looks pretty yes. cool as well. So uh, yeah, some great new pre-orders coming through from Culture Shock Collectibles. Uh, so go check them out. They're on Facebook. Um, they're on all of your social medias, or you can check them out at uh, CultureShockCollectibles.com. And uh, if you order, I believe uh, they do free delivery uh, for everything over. $50. So, that is uh, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Jump on there and uh, check them out. CultureShockCollectibles.com. Nerdy yes. needs and collectible things. But, Duty, you've been playing games this week. Tell us all about Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Well, yes, it's been 10 years since we got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. It released alongside Batman Arkham City. Um, and since then, besides sort of the, uh, the the mobile games and the Spider-Man game we got not too long ago, Marvel games have been pretty quiet because I think, you know, they've generally been focusing on their movies. They released some movie tie-in games on, the, on Phase 1 that weren't so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we finally got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, and holy crap, the wait has been been worth it. If you've never played one of these games before, it's very similar to a, uh, a Diablo-style setting, so it's a little bit of over-the-top. Diablo, top. please, yes. 
whatever. Uh, so it's a little bit of a over-the-top style, but rather than just playing as one character that you, you've picked, you've created, you customize, you pick four Marvel heroes or even some villains you get to choose from um, and, and you actually make your own team. Um, so, of course, you've got the Avengers, the Guardians of the Galaxy, the Defenders, you've got the Midnight Suns, you've got some of the X-Men, you've got some of the Spider family, you've got some of the new heroes coming along. The, the options and choices are completely endless um the story is pretty straightforward it's it's essentially following a little bit of the endgame infinity war not the mcu story specifically but thanos wants the infinity stones he shouldn't get them and you, you essentially need to go gather the stones before he does um and surprisingly for a very simple story to which it is it's a very lengthy campaign because you'll start off going after one stone and then you go after a second stone and then that's not actually a stone it's something else and then you get trapped in the alternate dimension with doctor strange and there's so many really cool aspects of the game that just sort of diverges you off your path and then back onto it with more heroes being added into your roster um so when you start the game you play as uh, as the guardians of the galaxy and um there's it gives you an idea of how everyone plays so star lord is your he he's shooting so if you get close to a star lord and you get physically hit he takes a lot of damage drax is very heavy hitting but he's very slow and has no real range to text gamora is very fast and uh, rocket and groot sort of play as a, a drax star lord combination and then after that you'll get spider-man then you'll get a massive massive roster or a comfortable roster of uh, of characters you get to choose from at the start then as you progress through the game you unlock characters like luke cage iron fist daredevil ghost rider doctor strange elsa bloodstone is in it and it's it's fucking awesome it's a really really sweet game yeah nice so you've been uh, enjoying the uh, the vast roster of heroes i take it yeah, so when, when, you know, I started off the game, you, you clearly, you, you only have the Guardians. You can't swap out the Guardians because you haven't unlocked the, the choices to, to change characters. Sure. Um, but as soon as, as soon as I got given the, the options, it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I love so many of these characters, but there's, I'm only allowed four slots. And if I pick, you know, Thor, Luke Cage, uh, Rocket and Groot, and Drax, they're all heavy hitter sort of styles. I've got no one who's quick. I've got some a lot of slow characters. I've got no one who's got like area of effect damage or range damage. So I'm going to be stuck. So then sure. you sort of need to adapt and change a little bit on the fly. Yeah. Um, but f- fuck, it's a really cool game. You, you've also got your standard sort of special abilities. Like, yep, Thor can call down lightning and slam the ground, or he can throw his hammer sort of like in a 360 around him to clear people if they're too close to him. Nice. Um, yep. Star-Lord can sort of like jump into the air, activate his rocket boots and shoot down. Everyone's got their own special abilities and then they've got ultimates on top of that. So you've got like an ultimate bar that sort of surrounds your character's face. Once you activate that, essentially does a massive amount of damage. And if all four characters on your team have that, you essentially spam the button four times and all four activate their abilities at once and you can just cause this massive, massive sort of chaotic disruption around sort of like... You know, Thor will smack, like call down lightning. Everyone will get struck by lightning, and he'll he'll throw Molnir into the ground while like Ghost Rider runs over people and is on his hell cycle, and then like lights people on fire with his chains. It's it's nice. visually beautiful for a Nintendo Switch game as well because it's solely on the Nintendo Switch. That's a that's a sort of a, a not necessarily a problem, but everyone who played the first two games, they were on PlayStation Two. Uh, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and then they'll port it over to the current-gen consoles, but you can't play 3 on anything else but a Switch. Yeah. But, my God, this game is a Switch seller. This is... if you If you want to play this game, it's definitely worth picking up a Switch. It is the best game I've ever played on the Nintendo Switch. Wow. Okay, big call. 
Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, they've got uh, an, an amazing array of characters. It looks like uh, one of my favorite characters, this random <laughs> random one called Lockjaw. Um, he's, uh, he's a dog from the Inhumans. So um, yeah, yeah, that's I. I don't know. Have you have you unlocked him yet? So so Lockjaw isn't a playable character, but ah, he works. Damn it. He works as the sort of. There are certain points in the level where you can change your heroes. You can upgrade your character. So as you as you level up, you get some experience points. You get uh, coins as well. So everything you break, you'll get sort of like you know sort of like an in-game currency as well as yeah. crystals that use to buff all your stats. Yeah. And Lockjaw activates these sort of portals that when you go to them, you can either change out your roster, you can upgrade your characters, you can upgrade, like, put crystals on your characters that, you know, you, this crystal will give Thor an extra 1,000 strength points and stuff like that. So Lockjaw's ability as a passive character gives you access to these sort of portal hubs. What uh, a and tease. They pop up <laughs> they pop up about four or five times throughout a level because you'll get one just before the boss fight. You'll get one at the start in case you need to change your team. Halfway okay. through, if you realize that, oh, crap, like none of my characters are, uh, are built for this style of level. I'm getting fucking reamed. All right, I can't use Doctor Strange anymore. I need to use, you know, I need to use Captain Marvel. I need to use Miss Marvel. I need to use someone else. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So you're having, obviously having a lot of fun with it. Um, there's uh, some multiplayer aspects to this as well. When you can uh, yep. like pair up uh, with you know two players on the switch, it is actually a four player game um, because oh, uh, wow. there's four four people in your team. You can all play at the one time, so of course you all pick one character. If you're playing two player, you can pick two each, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it's four player. Uh, on the local console so if you've got you know four uh, joy cons if you've got you know pro control and stuff like that you can play all four at the same time which i think would be very fun for just even if you've it's a simple combat uh combat style that it's simplistic but it can get in depth if you want to get in depth with it um and it's very easy for beginners so like little fuzz or or, or my wife will be able to easily pick this up go i like you know, my favorite character is Luke Cage, and then they're going to use Luke Cage for the game. Like, it's it's very easy to pick up and play. It's yeah, also got sure. a four-player multiplayer as well. Um, it's also got options within the game to sort of have the, the little quick options to say, follow me, or you're doing well, or don't do that, or good job, and stuff like that. So it's got those little quick options in the game. Um, yeah, shit, it's... That's it's what I need for my games, fantastic. constant encouragement. You know, after games like Dead Cells and Dark Souls and all the rest of it, they are games that just pretty much tell you you're rubbish at everything that you're doing. Um, so it's nice to get encouraged occasionally <laughs> by a game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, it sort of it sort of uh, it sort of fills that little bit of a gap that the Switch doesn't have in regards to party chats and stuff. Yeah, so nice. it has that little bit of a yeah, like a follow me. You're doing well. Don't do that sort of thing. Okay. Um, we've got some free DLC coming out, I believe, by the end of August. We're getting Ooh. Cyclops and we're getting Cyclops and Colossus for free, as well as Loki, um, all for free. Um, yep. The first DLC pack, I believe, comes out later in the year, and the season pass is only $30 in Australia, yep. and uh, that gives you, I think, the first uh, DLC uh, season pass characters are the Marvel Knights. That gives us Blade, the Punisher, um, Morbius the Living Vampire, and Moon Knight. Yeah, and we're wow. getting the Fantastic Four later, we're getting more uh, X-Men, we're actually getting more story DLC up to 2020. It sounds like they are aligning this with the um, the Phase 4 stuff that's come through. Um, so, obviously, Phase 4 got announced at Comic-Con last weekend, and there seems to be, like, a lot of similar characters just looking through that list. Um, mm. Yeah, so very, very interesting that they've chosen those characters because, yeah, it pretty much just directly aligns with what they're releasing. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's also really, really cool. The costumes that uh, the characters are wearing in-game, some of them are essentially pulled straight from the, the MCU. Like, Thor looks identical to Thor in the first Thor film. Yeah. Captain America looks like Captain America in Age of Ultron. But characters who haven't appeared in the MCU yet have got different outfits. So, yeah. all the X-Men... Old school 90s animated series classic skins, um, but then you've got characters who actually look who looked better in the comic book world than they do in the film universe. Like Scarlet Witch is actually wearing her more iconic outfit from the comics rather Superhero. than like a red trench coat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's not just wearing red leathers; she's actually wearing a superhero outfit. So yeah, she's got like a helmet on. Doctor Strange is actually more in a comic book outfit, so on and so forth. Um, but there's also some of the character designs uh, are done to sort of be more homages to the comic book characters, but also easily to design into uh, movie costumes, if that makes sense. So it's like, yep, that looks really well. We could actually take that exact design and turn it into a film costume. Like, it's it's that well done. Yeah, nice. That sounds great, man. Like, um, I, I do I need to ask... Um, <laughs> what kind of rating you're going to give this one, or is this just a perfect it's, score? It's yeah, it's a, it's a perfect score. There's there was the the things that I was a little upset about with it with playing it at the start was the uh, Ultimate Alliance games are known for having alternate costumes. So like, if you want to have Thor dress up like you know the Ultimate Universe or whatever it is, um, those options weren't there, and I was a little bit um oh, I'm bummed out a little bit because I'm like. I like this Thor, but I want him to look like this or like that. And with all the DLC that comes out, you're actually getting the costumes for free. So yep. any new DLC pack that drops, you're getting a heap of new costumes for free. Okay. Yeah, nice. So, yeah, it's it's covered all my bases. It, it's a great sequel from 3, It it and it's not one of those ones where you have to play 1 and 2 to play 3. It's 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 got 3 in the title, but it doesn't necessarily follow the events or yeah. anything of, of, of those previous titles, yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. Well, look, I'm I'm super excited for you. Um, I'm super excited to check it out. Actually, um, it looks like a lot of fun, and like you said, it's a it's good to get some more content on the Switch. They are just crushing it at the moment with uh, with new titles coming out. So more and oh, yeah. more, and I think they're just they're kind of gearing up towards the end of the year. Um, so they're releasing that uh, the Switch Lite, and then obviously the new version of of the Switch uh, with the increased battery life. So yeah, they are they're just ramping up and getting ready to go for another big shot at the title. So, good on them. Yeah. But Fuzzy, you've been playing something. I have. I have. Um, I have been playing a game known as Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, so, anyone who is familiar, are you familiar with this uh, this franchise at all, Mr. Doody Doodrum? The only thing I know about it is they made a, a I think, like a Dynasty Warriors-esque version of the game, and then there, yeah. there's some characters that are in uh, Str- uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, That's Street right. Fighter. Super Smash Brothers, yeah. Yeah. So, they, um, it is a huge franchise. It's, um, I think this is the 15th iteration of uh, Fire Emblem uh, in the, the core series. So, they don't actually count the Dynasty Warriors uh, spinoff uh, that they did. So, they did Fire Emblem Warriors. Um, that, that doesn't actually count as part of the, you know, the core... Um, theme of this game. It's very similar to, I would say, uh, Final Fantasy, um, in that, that kind of the culture around the game. Um, so it's been around for a very, very long time. It's technically classed as what they call a tactical role playing game. 
But I will say that role-playing is kind of a loose term that they use for this game. Um, so anyone who's played like a JRPG before will understand that there are a lot of cutscenes, lots of dialogue being thrown at you and interaction with characters. That's this again. Like they are, they are throwing it at you and you kind of like get a chance to open up and to explore around the world and see what's going on um, within a sort of sort a set of confines. But yeah, it's very much a go over here and listen to five hours of dialogue. So <laughs> it's Ooh. very like very story based, like lots of like really rich context uh, within the game. So anyone who loves those kind of games is going to get a, an absolute blast out of this. Um, there's How lots is of- it in regards to do you, do you get to create a character? Do you play as particular characters? Like, is is that an option? Uh, you do get to sort of craft a, an initial character, so it's pretty much you get to pick their name and whether or not they're a boy or a girl, and that's pretty much it. Um, otherwise, they call them Byleth, and uh, that's just that character. Um, and, yeah, you pretty much just you are driven with that. I think you get more control over, really, how you construct your uh, individual teams. So you pretty much go into these combat scenarios, and that's when I think the game, for me, at least got a lot more interesting and a, a lot more in-depth, uh, is when you develop these characters through combat. So um, you get to pick these uh, different characters. They've all got different special abilities, um, you know, and you, you're basically going out there to, you know, gain experience points, get better at these combat scenarios to fight more harder and difficult enemies. So really it's, uh, yeah, it's that. I think that's where the, the most fun is found. You do a lot of side missions and story missions and exploring around the world and that can open up uh, new experience points or weapons or different styles of combat for you. Uh, but really, like, all of the, the RPG elements are really on the battlefield itself. So, um, yeah. Very much, um, it's one of the, the traditional sort of turn-based games. So it feels very much like a tabletop kind of game. Um, so you move a couple of squares, you can attack in this particular direction. So that's very traditional. Um, but they've tried to add in some new elements to it. The animation in it is phenomenal. Like it's really, really good. So they do a lot of cutscenes and it's just straight out of any anime that you've seen, um, on Netflix or anywhere else. It just looks beautiful. Um, and the combat styles are great. So you get them to pull off a special move and they just animate it to the nth degree and it's awesome. So some really good touches in there that have lifted this game up from the last time it was released. Um, so mm-hmm. they did a bunch of like D- uh, DS versions. Um, and obviously, as you can imagine, Nintendo DS, not much for the graphics. The last time they released a full console version uh, was in 2007 on the Wii. So it's been a long time coming. And if you look at videos, yeah. if you look at videos of that, it's just, it's like chalk and cheese. So the, it's a completely different game. Um, so yeah, they've done a really good job. And I've, uh, I, I think there will be, there's a lot here for the fans. This is more about, you know, hey, Fire Emblem's a great series. They've had a lot of, Really awesome recent success. Uh, Nintendo loves this franchise. Um, you mentioned uh, they they have um, that's the spinoff that they did with Dynasty Warriors. They wanted to keep the you know, keep the thing going. Um, they also yep. had uh, they they've got six characters, six characters in Super Smash Brothers. So. I mean, there's there's almost just as many Pokemon in the game. That tells you how much they actually really love uh, this property. So, 
yeah, that's that's where they're going with their stuff. And like I said, I think it's really you can align it quite closely with um, with Final Fantasy. It's probably less westernized than Final Fantasy games have become. Um, but yeah, it's it's more of that sort of crazy, full on detailed JRPG that you would expect to have played before. How does it come compared to essentially someone who's completely new to the series? Because of course, this isn't the first game in the series. Yeah, how was it for for a newcomer to the series who's, who's essentially walked into a store, seen the case, and gone, "That looks like a bit of fun," or, or "What's this about?" How was it in regards to compatibility for a new player? Well, the good news is like these games are all unique in the fact that they you know they kind of set up like with Final Fantasy, they set themselves up with a very similar premise throughout the uh, throughout the worlds and but essentially it's like a complete new cast of characters um there might be one or two references to previous games or like through threads with it within them but essentially it's it's a brand new experience every time so you know you're you're basically crafting a new story within the same sort of set of rules or understanding about you know what's what's happening so that's that's really where they come through so it's very similar themes but and totally new experience. It's I think it's love it for lovers of the franchise pr- primarily because people love this style of game, so they will go, come back to it because that's what they want to play. Um, and in with, regards to, to multiplayer, is there any multi? Is it, or is it all single? Uh, single player, all single player at this stage. So they may obviously open that up at a, in future dates, but I think they're. Um, it's more probably that, that turn-based combat that you'll get it out of um, because everything else is very story-driven, so there's no real room to expand from there. Um, but I would say, like, you know, there, there have been a bunch of recent releases um, of uh, different types of franchises. There's one, I'm not sure if you played it, it's called The Banner Saga, um, which is um, a really interesting twist on North, uh, Norse mythology. Um, very similar kind of style to this. So lots of like dialogue-driven stories, um, turn-based combat, beautiful animations. I think that's a really good game, the Banner Saga. They've, I think they've done two or three uh, iterations of that now. Um, but this uh, Fire Emblem probably does it better um, because instead of just you know reading text all the time as you can do in a lot of these RPG games, they uh, they've got voice actors in, so they're reading it out, they're speaking the lines. You actually feel a bit more connected to the game and that you're not just experiencing it you're taking part in it so it's it's yeah. really i think they they've learned their lessons from previous versions and you know other games in that same genre and they're they're just doing something different so it's really good so there are a lot of people who like it um it's not particularly my cup of tea it's not the game that i would gravitate towards but if you do like jrpgs if you do like that style of game you're going to absolutely love it because it is pretty much like this is that that next version that we've been waiting for for years so very cool for uh, for fans of strategy games and uh, of course you have to give it a some form of review fuzzy i do out of 5 i do um, I'm giving this one a three and a half out of five. So I think there is a lot to like in here. Um, I think it will put probably a, there's going to be big blockers to people getting into it. Um, they, it's very two paced in some of the game style as well. So yeah, it can be very slow during the story moments, but quite quick during the combat. So I think there's just that you got to be able to adjust yourself or adjust your expectations depending on what's coming. So, yeah, I think that some people will people will either love or hate this game, and I think that that a three and a half is probably a, a good score right in the middle that will uh, will appease everybody. Well, there we go. 
Yeah, so look look out for it. I think it's out uh, coming out, well, today when this podcast gets released. Um, so, yeah, check it out. It's uh, coming exclusively on Switch. So, again, another, you know, console exclusive for them, and they're just knocking it out of the park. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a switch episode this week as well. So it's 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 quite good. I'm 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 starting to like. I'm liking that switch are getting more of a, a, a sort of a more of a popularity. Like I walked into a store the other day because I essentially wanted to get another copy of um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three for you and Little Fuzz. Both stores in the city sold out. Wow. Okay. I walked in and went, "Do you have this?" No, we've sold out. I'm like. Where the hell do I get them then? Because I'm not, I'm not going to EB. <laughs> I refuse, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, fair enough, man. Like it's, it's that's crazy good. I think they've been selling out of a bunch of games. Uh, I went to get uh, Super Mario Maker two the other day, and uh, that had sold out in the city. So um, yeah, just incredible what they're um, the kind of response they're getting. Um, and just stay tuned for Christmas because, you know, if there's any new releases for, for Switch coming out around that time, they are going to sell out like crazy with all of the new consoles going out there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, so there we go, man. It's uh, It's been a busy week for us. We've been uh, reviewing all sorts of stuff. Um, but we'll look, we're coming back next week. We've got some more reviews to go through as well. Um, you're going to be looking at something this weekend, I believe. Yeah, my weekend this week will all be essentially devoted and dedicated through to Wolfenstein Youngblood. Ooh, exciting. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I got the opportunity to just put my hand up for this one. And after having played the last Wolfenstein, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I have mixed feelings about this game. Yeah, I, I I really liked the first one. The second one, though, was an improvement. I found some of the missions and some of the story I didn't really care for. There were oh. some missions in number two that I absolutely fucking loved, like going to the moon and fucking dealing with Hitler and on. I'm fairly sure it's the moon. Dealing with Hitler is insane. Yeah. Um, but then but, also there were some missions where like you get your head cut off and now you're on a robot body. Like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. The- I think that's what did it for me. Like the game itself, I think was okay. Um, like it was, it was a solid, you know, three, three and a half. But yeah, you know, I think what really killed it for me was the story. It was just batshit insane, and in some places, extremely offensive and totally weird, and just yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I I'm just a bit like I think that's what put me off saying like saying yes to getting this review. So uh, good luck to you, sir. I hope it goes well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll be reviewing that uh, next week. And uh, Fuzzy, will you have? Oh, not only will we have that, we've also set up uh, in in the background on uh, on PlayStation Four. We have on Monday nights a uh, a Formula One championship that we're starting. I think there's about four or five of us now in that Formula One championship. Oh shit! And it's going to be going. It's going to be going weekly with the. Uh, I think with the winner to get like two or three rounds shouted at a pub and then second to get two rounds bronze to get third and then whoever gets last has to shout said rounds i think <laughs> i never agreed to that as the man that's going to come last i never agreed to that <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to that so i think that's that's monday for us I'll, I'll see if i can find a way to to get some form of capture of it do something with it if not we'll, we'll bring you weekly reports for any of those who uh, who, who care to hear about it 
See, I would show capture from mine, but it'll just be me crashing in the first lap. So uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> well, we might have Michael from Culture Shock Collectibles joining us as well. I did tell Ooh. him about this PlayStation 4 F1 challenge, and he's like, you know what? I might go pick up a copy. What a tease. There we go. Get the, uh, well, get the man himself, the man, the myth, the legend. Well, that's the thing as well. He challenged you to do, what was it, DMC. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could challenge him to join the Formula One uh, championships on Mondays. Maybe we will. Maybe we will. <laughs> but, yeah, look, that's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, duty, other, otherwise, this weekend uh, we have a oh, massive weekend for Shaken Not Nerd. It's been three years, buddy. Yeah, three years since uh, we first recorded Ian and I in a little tiny mattress fort. And um, I've still got the photos. Yeah, wow! And, I um, need to. We need to post those photos because it's it's come a long way, baby. Um, so uh, look, it's going to be awesome. We, we're doing a double episode this week in celebration. Um, so stay tuned for that. That's coming out, and we've got. We're just. I'm not going to tell you what. You're just going to have to listen because it's going to be awesome. There's going to be a lot of opinions flying around and a lot of feelings are going to be hurt. It's going to get personal uh, as a three-year episode should. So stay tuned this weekend yeah. for uh, the next episode of Shake and Not Nerd. Uh, we're going to be back next week. Uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood talking some more news, talking some more shit. Um, and that's it for this week. It's been me, Fuzzy Dan. I'm signing off and reminding you to never, ever, ever pre-order anything, especially from EA. And I have been Duda Dutram reminding you to play with each other. And play with yourself. (laughs) I love it. Every time it gets me. (laughs) Bye-bye.